Good evening again in Jesus' name, and trust that we can again receive a blessing from God uh, through His Word as we look into it this evening and allow Him to direct our meditation, focusing on what Jesus wants us to be, how He wants us to be like Him and to grow in the likeness of, of His goodness and His greatness. <clears throat> um, he has a plan for each one of us, according to Jeremiah 29, is it? about verse 11, I don't know which verse it is exactly, that I know the plans I have for you. I've got some plans, maybe some special plans. I've got some special plans for you that I, I, I know what they are, and I want this for you, and I want, I want you to enjoy these plans. Um, that's what God says for us. He wants us to uh, enjoy uh, the plan that he has for us both now and for eternity. We're going to have all the boys look up Exodus 34, 26. All the girls look up Exodus 23, 19. We're going to find a phrase here that, I don't know, it kind of jumped out at me today as I was reading here. <clears throat> kind of a strange one, but we're going to try to get some good out of it tonight. Exodus 34:26. if you have that one, 34:26 on this side and 23:19 on the other side. I'm going to read this out of chapter 34, but it says almost, I think it's word for word identical. The first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring unto the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. We're going to talk about tonight, thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. Whatever. Does it have to do with anything? When I read that, I said, whatever. <laughs> I'm not sure that I have all the answers, but it's twice here, and it's again in Deuteronomy. He says that, thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. What are we supposed to learn from that? And he's talking about, uh, in this case here, the first fruits. They're supposed to go and take the first fruits in, and um, some other commands he has there. Supposed to, the men are all supposed to, present themselves three times a year in the house of God, and they're supposed to take these first fruits along up there. Uh, one of the scriptures says you can't eat anything that dies of itself, but still everyone's supposed to be three times a year in God's house. And then he says, and don't see the kid in his mother's milk. Why? We were in Israel. Um, well, let me say this first. Uh, According to some of the commentators, there was a common practice of the heathen people in that time that they would take the, the, the young kid and the mother's milk and cook it and use that broth to put on the plants, and it was supposed to be some magical thing to help the plants do better. So maybe that's what he's talking about. But why he slips it in here three times in the middle, I, I, I'm not exactly sure. <clears throat> Anyway, we were in Israel, whenever it was, a number of years ago, and we ate at a hotel, restaurant, for several days in a row, and began to notice, in the morning, you would have milk for your cereal, and eggs, and so on, but absolutely never any meat. For dinner, we would have Meat, dinner or supper, we'd have meat, maybe goat or cow meat, never pig, of course. 
Um, but absolutely no milk. The, uh, one of our tour, tour men or somebody said that there was once a lady who had her cup of coffee and was going to come into the dining room, had milk in her coffee, and she was met by one of the people in the dining room, that, the place there, said, you can't come in here. It's got milk in it. It was an evening meal, and they had meat. You can't, you can't have milk and meat together here. That's how strict it was. I, I was surprised. So this rule that, that we have here is very much observed in Israel today. <clears throat> well, we're not going to talk about um, not drinking milk or not eating meat. Um, but I think there are some things here that, I, that God wants us to learn. Obviously, he must have something there for us. Romans 15 verse 4 says, All these things were written beforehand were written for our learning. So something we're supposed to learn something there. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 10, Paul kind of asked the question. This is about another rule that we might say doesn't make too much sense. It said that when the cows, they used to thresh instead of a combine, they didn't have combines, they used to thresh their wheat with cattle, and they just walked them over the wheat, walked them round and around in a circle over the wheat, and that would kind of thresh out the wheat as the cattle were walking over it. The rule was you can't put a muzzle on a cow. If it's, if it's stamping out the wheat, you can't muzzle the oxen. Paul asked the question in the New Testament, do you think God is really that concerned about the cows? And he answers it by saying, no. That scripture was written for us. Oh. <laughs> so that the idea there is that those who labor in the gospel can have, can eat from the gospel. Can eat, in other words. So that, that was the picture there. So he said, the scripture was not written for the cows. It was written for us. That's for us. It's, it's, it has something to do with us. <clears throat> So what does this funny command mean? Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. So what? Um, several things seem to stand out a little bit in the commentaries and probably in here. The first one is don't blunt sensitivity. In other words, don't be senseless. Don't be callous. Uh, it's not really nice to cook a cook. cook a young lamb in his mother's milk. So the picture is don't blunt sensitivity. We're going to get on that a little later. Don't worry. We're going to come back to that somewhat. But that's one of the things I think that comes through here. Don't blunt sensitivity. And we're talking about sensitivity of conscience of each one of us. Don't blunt sensitivity. The next thing, which is kind of somewhat similar, is don't pluck unripe fruit. This command comes right along with the first fruits. Now, so the picture is don't pluck unripe fruit. Don't take something if it's not ready. If it's not ready yet, don't take it. Don't t just wait. Wait until it gets ready. And the last thing is respect parent-child relations or tenderness. Respect these, these relations between parents and children. I, I think God wants us to keep that in mind. In fact, they were, other times they were told if you find a bird sitting on a nest in the field, you can take either the bird, I think you take the eggs, not the bird. Was that it? Or else the other way around. Who can tell me on that? One or the other. You couldn't take them both. You couldn't take both the bird and the eggs. You had to leave one or the other. Probably could take the eggs and leave the bird because otherwise the eggs wouldn't be able to hatch. So these are some commands that God gave for the people, and some of them have some reasons for us today. Now, we'd like to talk a little bit about the, the last one. I'm going to talk about the last one first, respect parent-child tendernesses or relations or the fact that, there is a, that God has a plan for 
parent, child, and especially, we're talking about us now. We're not talking about goats anymore, we're talking about us. When I wondered about this, <clears throat> my mind went to 1 Corinthians 12, where we have a similar statement which doesn't quite seem to make sense. I'm going to read that one in 1 Corinthians 12. He's talking here about the church and about the Holy Spirit. And I read this and I said, what, what's the meaning here? It doesn't quite seem to fit. Is there some meaning that we, we're not getting? Let me just read it. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. And then he goes on with the teaching. What? do these first three verses have to do with the teaching? Well, I kind of believe what he's trying to tell us is that there are certain things that the Holy Spirit will do. There are certain things the Holy Spirit will not do. There are certain things that certain lines he will not cross. There are certain principles there. And he goes on and explains in 1 Corinthians 12. He explains a lot of these things. But the first three verses, I think, help us give us the idea that there are, there, there are certain lines. and It's not just a haphazard thing. You're not serving a dumb idol, he said. Dumb idol, not stupid idol, but an unspeaking idol. We are not, we are not serving someone who doesn't speak. The person we, we serve speaks. He has a message, and it's definite, and it means something. And it's not all over the place. It, it's got lines that keep it in place. That's what he's saying there. Well, the same thing is somewhat true in what we're studying here tonight about the, the uh, do not see a kid in his mother's milk. <clears throat> I'd like to talk about the last one first, the, um, the parent-child relations. We're going to spend a little time on that one. Uh, I'd like to have you turn to Ephesians 5. We're going to talk there about some parent-child relationships. <clears throat> Maybe you can see them up there. And I would just like to have you look at that a little bit, look at the references, and look up here on the screen, and look at who's first in each case. Ephesians, let's do Ephesians 6 first, because that's the first one I think I have listed. Ephesians 6 and verse 2, honor thy father and mother, well, I bet you have verse 1, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. It may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not their children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. In this case, there are two times in the scriptures. In Colossians, you can go to Colossians if you want to and read in chapter 3. You have the same idea. Someone called them house rules. The house rules are listed twice. You have them listed here in Ephesians, and you have them listed in Colossians. The verses are there if you want to check them out. The verses for the house rules. In the house rules... Children, obey your parents. Parents, don't disturb your children. The next set of house rules, husband and wife. Ephesians 5, verse 22. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fit in the Lord, as unto the Lord. That's verse 22. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Wives first, husbands second. I thought husbands were supposed to be the head of the wife. Why do we talk to the husbands first and tell them how to behave? Why do we talk to the wives first and tell them how to behave? Here in the scripture, it's wives first. Colossians is the same way. Look in Colossians, it's the same thing. 
Chapter 6, verse 5, Ephesians 6, verse 5. <clears throat> Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in singleness of your heart, as unto Christ. Verse 9, three or four verses later. And ye masters, do the same thing unto them. Servants first, masters second. Now why? That's backwards. And he got it backwards twice. In fact, it's backwards six times. Why so? Well, God doesn't do something backwards six times. He does it right every time. There's a reason for what he does. What the reason what, what it is. <clears throat> the reason being, I believe, that children sometimes say, well, mom and dad did this and they act like this, so I guess I don't have to obey. The scripture says, children, obey your parents. That's first. Get that clear. I don't care what else. That's first. <laughs> then, parents, you really should act right too. I mean, the commands are there for both of them, but the picture is, in every case, the one that has to do the submitting or the one who has to listen is listed first. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Well, you should talk to the husbands first and tell them how to behave. If they behaved right, I can submit. That's not what he says. He says, wives, submit. I don't care how your husband is. He may be an ornery fellow, but submit. That's the picture. Then he talks to husbands, says, husbands, now love your wives. So the command is there for both of us, but it's the wives first. Same thing is true as servants and masters. Servants, obey your masters. Now there's some rough masters. There's some ornery masters. There's some ungodly masters. But servants, obey your masters. I don't care who your master is, obey your master. And then if you're a master, that comes later, now masters, treat your servants right. I think there's a truth there that God wants us to catch, and that is that it doesn't make any difference what the authority over you does. The command to you is still the same. It does, you, you can't get away from the, from the fact that you have a responsibility even if somebody else isn't doing what they're supposed to do. So let's kind of keep that in mind as we think about the, the relation that we have between parent and child. Let's remember that, that the child is commanded to obey, in this case, honor, especially, I think, by the time we're the age we are, maybe that honor thing pulls in a little more. Honor your parents, it says. And sometimes they may not be worthy of honor. Sometimes they may do things they shouldn't do. Doesn't make any difference. Still, honor your parents. So let's kind of keep that in mind as we go down through here. Now for us here at Bethel Bible School, parents, first of all, are not out to spoil your fun. I have about nine things I listed here, and you may have some others. Parents aren't out to spoil your fun. Sometimes we think they are. No, they just they don't want us to have a good time. They're just trying to make life hard for us. They, I don't know what. We have all these kind of ideas that parents maybe are just actually trying to make, thing hard, make life hard for us. Remember, according to Proverbs, you might want to turn to Proverbs, where Solomon is giving some advice to his fun son, and he prefaces some of this advice with a fact. Parents are youth with more experience. Now, maybe they're... 40-year-old youth, or maybe they're a 50-year-old youth, but they still are youth with some experience. They used to be young. They used to be right where you are. They used to know 
all the temptations, well, temptations, of course, vary with technology, but they used to know how it used to be to be young. So, parents, chapter 4, Proverbs 4, verse 1. Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son. Oh, yes, that's true. I was my father's son. Tender and only beloved inside of my mother. He taught me also, and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Do you want to live? Keep my commandments and live. Back in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, the first commandment with promise. Honor thy father and thy mother is the fifth of the Ten Commandments. One, two, three, four, five. We're not going to go through those. I don't know if I can say them or not. But anyway, it's the fifth commandment. Honor thy father and thy mother. The first commandment, he said, this is the first of the, first of the commandments with promise. In fact, I think it's the only commandment with promise. Out of the Ten Commandments, this is the one with a promise. Honor your parents, long life. I think that's the only commandment with a promise. Thou shalt not kill without a promise. Thou shalt not steal without a promise. Thou shalt not commit adultery without a promise. Those don't have promises connected with them. But this one does. So he says, this is the first commandment with promise. Honor your father and mother, and it'll be good for you. It's actually for your own good. Down the road, you live a long life. <clears throat> we are not turtles. Turtles dig a hole in the sand, deposit their eggs, cover them with sand, and go fishing. That's it. They never come back and see the children. They don't know who the children are. They don't take care of the children. They Children just have to fend for themselves. We are not turtles. We have parents who take care of us for at least the first three, four years till we can start to walk. And after that, they don't even then send us out to get our own food. They take care of us and provide for us until we get up to 18, 20 years old. And maybe if we want to, we can even stay there a little longer. So we're not turtles. We have parents, and our parents have a, a desire to help us. So let's remember that, that our, and our parents were also young one time. They know what it's like, some of the struggles that we go through. <clears throat> now, number three, we heard about mad cows this morning. Mad cows require strong fences. Are you a mad cow? If we become ornery, if we become rebellious, if we become going our own way, what's going to happen? More fences. That's what happens. That's what you do with mad cows. You, you just build more fences. because You have to. Because the cow keeps butting its head against whatever it is, you have to build more fences. And sometimes we think our mom and our dad have lots of rules and lots of requirements. And why, 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 why? Probably we're a mad cow. You ever think about that? Mad cows take lots of fences. So... We're going to try to think about that a little this evening, and if there is some too many fences in your life, uh, maybe there's some things that you could do to kind of tear some of the fences down, not by your force, but by them actually removing some of the fences. I think there are some things that we can do that will help our parents maybe even to take off a few boards off the fences if we think there are too many. God has a plan for us. You've probably all seen dogs 
going down the street, their parents, their, not their parents, <laughs> their owners uh, got them on a leash, and the uh, way they're going there, and the dog's pulling over here, and the poor owner's pulling over here, and you've got to pull, 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 and I would think by the time, the, the, by the time they get wherever they're going, they'd both be tired. A dog straining on a leash makes it hard for both of them. You have to keep pulling him in, pulling him in, and keep, you know, and he wants to go that way. <clears throat> hard on the dog, he's probably got a sore neck after a while. Hard on the man, he maybe gets a sore hand after a while. That's the way we are sometimes with our parents. It actually causes strain on both sides. It makes it harder for our parents and for us when we're straining at the leash, trying to get our own way, wanting to go where we want to go, and they have to hold on to us with the leash. So, remember that a willing response and open ears is equal to honor thy father and thy mother. The command is honor thy father and thy mother. God has planned that there will be a children, a parent, children, parent, children, parent, children cycle through the generations. And honoring our parents means that we respond willingly. That's honoring our parents. It doesn't just mean that we know who, what our last name is or that we know who cooks the breakfast. That's not just it. No, honoring our parents means that there's a willing response. And we've got our ears open and we're ready to understand what they're trying to tell us. That's, that's honoring our parents. <clears throat> We'd like to just look quickly at maybe some steps of restoration if you have been a mad cow. If there are too many restrictions, if there are some problems in your home, if there are some difficulties, there are some things you can do that will actually help to probably take down some of the restrictions and some of the barriers that there might be between you and your parents. First of all, of course, you have to realize you're a mad cow. You have to realize that you have been ornery, you have not been listening, and go home and tell your parents, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I did some things I shouldn't have done. I disobeyed you. Tell them that. And tell them that you're going to try to do differently. That you have determined you're going to listen. I put on there, they may fall off the chair. Which, which might be the case in some places. They may be, if you go and tell them that, they say, what happened to you? <laughs> but prove that what you're saying is true. Prove that you actually mean that you are going to listen and that you are going to support them and you are going to do what they say. Prove that. Um, it may surprise them, but, and there may be some tests, but that's, what, that's the steps that we need to do, you need to do, so that we can reestablish a relationship and maybe take down some of these boards that are hindering us and that are maybe keeping our, I don't know, making it, making it worse for us. <clears throat> Obey what you know they want. When you get back home and you told your parents, I'm sorry, start by obeying what you know they want you to do even if they are not there, or even if they haven't demanded it, even if they haven't made a rope on you. You know, do what you know that they want you to do. Accomplish that. Be, be a, a, a willing, obedient 
child, one that they can trust. Now, it may take a while. It may take a while. It may not be the first week. Obviously, it won't be the first week. Probably not the second week. And you may wonder, well, I don't think my mom even listened to me. I don't think she's going to give me, I don't think she believes me that I'm going to try and do what's right. I'm trying to do good, but she still keeps hammering on me, hammering on me. It'll take a while. Prepare for some pressure. Prepare for some pressure. It's not going to happen overnight. I think that one of the qualities for being a good leader is that you are a good follower for at least two years. A good leader needs to be a follower for two years. How will you ever lead if you never figured out how to follow? Because a leader needs followers, else he's not much of a leader. And he has to know how, what works in the mind of a follower. He has to have that experience so that he can help followers. A leader can't be a leader if he never learned to follow. Same thing is true for you in your home. You will never be able to lead or maybe even have your own home. We're thinking at this age of sometime having our own home. If you can't get along with your parents who love you, if you can't talk to your father and your mother who have care for you, how will you ever learn to really communicate with husband or wife or your own children or other people in the marketplace? How are you going to do that? God gave you mother and father, brothers and sisters, so you can learn to get along, so you can learn to relate, so you can learn to talk and listen and obey. That's, that's what we're there for, to learn some of these things. God wants us to learn some of these things. Obey without, <clears throat> without pressure. And the last thing I have listed, I think, for that is keep communication open. Keep the communication open. And that's, in some of your cases, it's going to take some real effort. Us, we is a proper English term, we fathers don't always communicate very well. We have our ideas, and uh, we think if we said something once, that's it. I mean, you don't have to keep on saying it and saying it and saying it. That actually once should be enough. No, that's not the way children are. Children need to be reminded and reminded. And sometimes we think we've said something, and the children didn't get it, and so it's Maybe up to you as young people to go to mom or go to dad and say, what do you think about this? How does this look to you? Uh, tell me, what do you say? Uh, ask him and, and make sure that he knows that you, he can tell you. And, and if you didn't understand, well, ask him again. <clears throat> and don't accuse and don't say, oh, you did this. He did this. No, 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 no. We are here to learn. We are here to keep the doors open, communication open, so that we can listen, and we can learn to obey, and we can receive from someone who's had more experience than we have. You've probably heard the expression, what we need is a new, an old head on young shoulders. An old head on young shoulders means that the experience that someone has had can now he's had all the experience, and he knows what to do and how to do it now, but his body is so old and people he can't do it anymore. So he put that experience on young shoulders. He's now got the strength of youth with the wisdom of age, and now you watch what will happen. 
Why do you think they were able to do some great things back when they lived for a thousand years? Well, they had lots of experience, <laughs> lots and lots of experience. Noah could build an ark, which we maybe couldn't even build today. Uh, they, they had 100 years, 200 years, 300 years of experience, and apparently some strength. According to who was it? Was it Caleb said, at 80 years old, I'm just as strong as I was 40 years old. So they, strength seemed to have been a little better. And of course, they had the experience. So some of these things are good for us today if we learn from our parents. <clears throat> All right, we're going to leave that now. We're going to go back to the other two that I left. Don't blunt sensitivity. And don't pick the fruit before it's ripe. Now, these can be applied different ways, but I'd like to apply them tonight to all of us together in our consciences, in our minds. The picture was it's almost insensitive to take a young goat and milk the mother and cook the goat in the mother's milk. Don't be senseless, don't be calloused. That's kind of hard-hearted. That's, that's, that's the picture that you kind of get from don't see the kid in his mother's milk. So what God wants from us is to be sensitive to our conscience, sensitive to what he speaks. He wants us to be open to him. He wants us to listen and be available for his work in our lives. We're going to apply that this evening to boy and girl relationships. Boys and girls here tonight. Um, keep your sensitivity where it should be. Don't allow yourself to become calloused or to do things that you know are wrong just because you can get away with them. And this applies to Physical, maybe with our personal body, self-abuse, both boys and girls, it might apply to that. We get a thrill someplace, that's wrong. Be sensitive. We know that, that we shouldn't do that, so let's be sensitive. Don't dull your conscience. <clears throat> Other sexual stimulation, like magazines and pornography and so on, all these things on the internet, which we have. No, say no. Keep your sensitivity up high. Don't become calloused. Don't allow sensitivity to be dulled. 1 Corinthians 8.12 talks about sinning against your conscience. He's talking about meats and so on, but the, the picture is still the same. Sinning against our conscience means that our conscience told us we really shouldn't do that, but we sin against it. We actually are sinning against Christ, he says. When you sin against your conscience, you're sinning against Christ. So we need to be careful about sinning against our consciences. When our conscience tells us something, be careful. Don't do that. 1 Timothy 4.12 talks about a seared conscience. And Titus 1.5 talks about a defiled conscience. I think those verses are right. Maybe it's 4. So let's be careful with our consciences. Let's keep, keep them tender and keep them open and keep them available for the Holy Spirit to use. Let's not defile our conscience. Let's not sear our conscience. Let's not make it calloused and do things that we know that we shouldn't do just because nobody else knows or because we're by ourselves or because other people do them. That doesn't work. 
<clears throat> that's not keeping our conscious consciousness sensitive. That's not being sensitive. And along with that, don't pick fruit before it's ripe. Don't pick the fruit before it's ripe. That means, boys and girls, hands off. That means hands off. Don't pick the fruit before it's ripe. It's not time yet. God may have a plan for you when you will have a wife or a husband, but until that time, hands off. Don't pick the fruit before it's ripe. That's the picture I get from it. Now we have lots of good times in volleyball and maybe we send text messages and if we're not careful, pretty soon we, we kind of start to cross the line and pretty soon, oh, that was a good play and fat somebody, it might be a girl on the back or on wherever it is. Those, those kind of things are crossing the line or maybe, oh, we're just having a good fun, just give him a kick. Uh, well, that's crossing a line. Just keep your, I said hands off, but keep your feet off too. Just, you know, just uh, let's, let's practice um, keeping ourselves pure. That's the idea, keeping ourselves pure, um, whatever it happens to be. Let's allow God to use us and to keep us. Matthew 5, verse 8. Matthew 5, verse 8. I think that was a bell there. So Matthew 5, verse 8. Let's close with this one, Matthew 5 and verse 8, where he tells us to keep ourselves pure. He says, blessed are the pure in heart. Keeping our conscience clean. Not allowing things in there. Don't blunt sensitivity. Don't pick the fruit before it's time. And get things straight with your parents. Blessed are the pure in heart. Why? For they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And that's what we want to do, each one of us, as we are here at Bible school, learn about that. And as we go home, uh, learn to get along with our parents. May God bless each one of us. I don't think we're going to give an invitation tonight. But I would encourage you, if you do have a problem in any of the areas we mentioned, do seek help. Uh, it's probably better if you do so on a one-to-one -one basis and uh, take care of things. But all of us will be able to tell our parents, uh, we want to work with you and not against you. Let's buy it sort of prayer. Our Father, again this evening, we just thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Thank you for your care for us and thank you that you desire that we have a beautiful spiritual growing life we ask that you help us in our lives to be faithful to you help us to be open to your urgings and to your speaking I ask you especially with each one of the young people here tonight help them to have a pure heart before you and find god in their lives especially at the end of our lives that we will see you enjoy yes all in jesus name amen